following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I thought that was really cool when we were watching the game last night, and they had this. Oh, the Brewer game. Playing in the background in Miller Park during the meeting at the mound between Nottingham and whoever was pitching. And I I, I, was, I had it on in the background, and I wasn't really paying. All of a sudden, I heard this, and I just kind of looked like, what, somebody's, Jane, are you playing our podcast? Or I looked at the TV, and they're playing our podcast song, background song, that's playing right now. At Miller Park, and I was like, "That's badass." Yeah, I, I had to text you. That was some some classic Dre explosive. That, that was pretty cool. This is the intentional foul. We are back. Week one of the NFL is in the books. I don't know. Should we lead with that, or should we lead with the college football that's not happening? Should we save that till the end? Go maybe, ahead. Go ahead with the college well, stuff. Maybe something by the time we're done. All right. Maybe something will happen, and then we can talk about that's it. That's cool. Um, I appreciate your your uh, advice to me about. Uh, a neighbor's dog crapping in my yard and how to deal with that. That was cool. Um, nothing ever came of it. No. I, I was thinking while I was leaving and coming over here to grab said shovel, as you had mentioned, because um, for those, obviously, that aren't privy to our text message conversations, my neighbor has an old hound dog, and you can tell he's old. And he just lets him out, and he's constantly in our yard. Like, I've seen him drop bombs in our yard, our close sharing neighbor's yard, and then, like, he loses track of the dog, and, like, I've seen him get on his bike and try to go around the neighborhood. How, like, how old a guy is this? Probably mid-50s. Okay, so not, like, super old. No. I mean, your standard rednecky hunter, fisher, you know, outdoorsy, built a whole garage shop in his backyard that can fit a boat, you know, some mowers, another vehicle, stuff like that. And he's just, that's, you know, that's his thing. Doesn't, I've talked to him once. Yeah. And they've lived there for a couple of years. <laughs> Didn't seem overly sharp, but he just lets, and I'm sure it's a hunting dog, or at least it used to be. And it just wanders around. And now the dog just continues to drop bombs in our yard. And when I was mowing today, I ran over a couple, which that, if you run over, Oh, I mean, anybody Older that's new, ever had dogs, you know, you know, it's horrible. The it's the worst. So I'm like, my dog's out in the front tree. I know where my dog craps. Over there. This is your dog. Right, right. So what, well, how do I handle that? And you, Yeah, I gave you a couple ideas. Your immediate, your first one was like, well, I wouldn't say anything. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say anything. I'd get a shovel. I'd pick them up, and I'd put them in his yard. Okay, now do you, like... Should I grab all of them and form like a little pile, or should I just stand at the border and just throw them and wherever they land, no, they I land? No, I mean, I would just, you know, wherever you pick it up, just walk straight from there into his yard and drop it. I mean, I wouldn't make a pile. I'd just, okay. wherever they lay, they lay. Because oh, I was really thinking about laying it in his truck bed. 
Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I didn't want but, to mess with his stuff. You know, or you know, like I said, if you see him out, you can just say, "Hey, you know, I've noticed that your dog keeps crapping in my yard. You know, I got enough dog crap to pick up. I really don't want to pick up your dog crap too. Can you maybe handle that and just see how he reacts?" I know. I he may just say, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know." I just, or he may say, "Yeah, blow it out your ass." That's... And at that point, well, then we'll get into some other ideas. <laughs> Because that's kind of, I just get the feeling that that's what I would be in for. Well, you gotta, you never know. And I don't want to be that neighbor where, like, you just have this feud Hatfield-McCoy thing. Right. I just don't want to do it. He's fine over there. I'm fine. But you know what? Well, it just depends on how much it bothers you then. Keep your gut. Well, and then one of my daughters, where they're playing, my daughters are playing in our yard, and they're not looking where they're going. Right. And they step in it. Sure. Then we have to clean them up. And I'm like. Other dog, like your own dog's poo is gross enough, but yes. like other dog's poo. I don't want to touch, no. No. It's like your own kids when you're changing diet. Like you're, I, I could imagine, yes. I, I, but I, I don't, know. you know, I'm fine for a certain level of grossness that's in my house. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with external grossness. Right. So I don't, I, I don't know. This is, this might have to be handled. I don't know. Yeah, like when I was mowing the other day, there was a big old pile of cat shit on the side of my house. And I'm like, what, what? I ain't got no damn cats. Nope. Where is this coming from? I almost stepped in that, and that stuff is rank. <laughs> like that shit, you stuff like you you stir the pot with that stuff. It it's, is not good. No, I can't imagine. Okay, all right. Well, we uh, went off. Speaking of crap, how about uh, the way that the Minnesota Vikings played at times, and how about the way that the uh, Detroit Lions played against mm-hmm. the Bears? Well, for Bears, maybe first half, <laughs> but uh, we'll start with the NFL and uh, Packers. With a big victory against Minnesota, 43-34. The most points that Green Bay has dropped on Minnesota since I read 2013, I think, and that was back in the Metrodome when they put up 44 on them. And that's the most points that Mike Zimmer has given up in his entire tenure with Minnesota. Um, first half, I was bored to death. Yeah. So was Jane. Like, this, 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 there's just nothing happening. There's offensive ineptitude. The defense is doing okay. And then second half turns into a track beat. And, uh, you know, Green Bay can't put them away. You and I were texting during the game. Defense looks very, very similar to what it did last year. Pretty much. Um, I think the offense is a little bit smoother. Man, the the problems in the red zone for the first half were just ungodly horrible. Yeah, it was pretty ugly down there. Horrible. People kept waiting to, like, this is is what you got A.J. Dillon for. Right, right. Put him in. What are we doing? You had fourth and one there, like, basically on the goal line. Right. And I don't know why you don't put in your battering ram. Maybe that's it. I don't know. That's an old regime that loved to run John Kuhn on third and one, fourth and yeah. one, when everybody knew that that guy was going to get the ball. And it worked. I I don't know. So um, as far as takeaways are concerned, I, I don't know. Week one, it's weird with the no fans. And, like, you look around the league, and, and the Packers are one of them. Home field, I don't think is going to matter much for for as long as the fan. Oh, the, 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 there's not a lot of fans. I think uh, or none. I think the lack of fans there, and I think even a couple of Packers talked about it after the game. Like uh, it was kind of eerie. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was certainly it leveled the playing field. It, it, much. We we've seen it in the bubble in the NBA. Um, there because there's no home court advantage in some of these closeout games. It's Higher seed doesn't it, matter. It doesn't really matter. No. Um. And I think you're right. I think in football, as we go along, 
if they if in the stadiums that continue to be completely empty, you know, we had uh, a Kansas few in City Kansas started, City, and then Jacksonville, Jacksonville had a few. I think that was it. Dallas is going to have some, I know for sure, this week. Okay, and there was one other one. I think I, I can't remember which it was, but um, yeah, I, it's a big factor in crowd crowd noise and and just any kind of atmosphere. You know, it's hard to kind of you know get yourself going. I would imagine when you're running out to nobody. The ambient noise, I think, and, and, and you talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the ambient noise, I think, works for baseball because you just have that constant low, dull, it's mm-hmm. not even a roar. It's just muffled conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because that you're at the ballpark and that's how low-key baseball is most of the time. Right. Football's not meant to be like that. No. It's meant to be high well, intensity all the time. You're pretty much standing yeah. the whole and game like, in an NFL game. Big third down, you know, whatever, big play, everybody gets up. Like, there's a lot more interaction that way with the fan environment, with what's going on in the field. So just to have that ambient noise in the background, it doesn't work like it does to baseball. You know yeah, I, I would mean? agree. I would agree. So, um, well, let's talk about the game a little bit. Oh, I yeah. mean, like, I thought um, the play of the game was after the Packers failed to convert on fourth and one at the goal line. Minnesota gets the ball back, and they run this bullshit play action, and <laughs> they get the safety. Yep, that was a huge play. Mm-hmm. That totally flipped momentum because Minnesota had a chance there to, it, at the very least, change field position. Um, but it allowed the Packers to get points on the board, get the ball back. They scored again, and then it was kind of Minnesota was playing catch-up because they didn't have the ball the whole damn game, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but I thought some some questionable decisions by Minnesota in that For first sure. half. For sure. I mean, that play I just talked about, you mentioned it on your commentary, the play at the end of the half. Take it, run once or take a knee, go into the locker. Yeah. And that's that's not me. That's from, like, co- the Coach O'Leary. It was a one-score game at that Just point. Just go. Just go into the locker room, regroup, and but come no. back out. Had and, to get cute, threw a pick. Yeah. And Green you, Bay took two plays to score. You see, they they score. Yeah, you came back and got a, a lucky field goal. Yeah. But, but still, it's a four-point swing that right. you didn't need. Nope. Um, so you talk about that, and you talk about that safety. I mean, that's six points there. You're in a seven-point game. Yep. So those were critical mistakes. I have not seen a defensive backfield as bad as the Vikings had in a long time in the NFL. That was putrid. I mean, Devontae Adams is a great receiver. He was wide open the entire game. Get ready for that this week because Detroit's top guy, they're already without two. Detroit's top guy just went on IR. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers looked like he was 25 years old out there. He was just slinging it all over the field. People were open you know, deep, middle, underneath. He had good protection. I mean, I know they're going to have some issues going yes, forward they because are. they had a couple guys go down. Yep. But um, I thought the Packers offensively looked very good. I'm not sure if that's because Minnesota's defense is that poor or or what. I think you got to find somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. But um, the defense, uh, as, if I was a Packer fan, I would still be concerned with the same things I was Absolutely. concerned coming in. Yep. Can they stop the run? Yep. And when Minnesota had the ability to run, they did um, pretty successfully. Too. Kenny Clark went down with a groin injury. Lafleur didn't give an update on his status yesterday. He said, "Wait for the end. this is his thing now." Um, you know, m- the, the McCarthy regime would update you on injuries. Lafleur's not doing that. He's not talking about them at all. He w- he says, "Wait for the injury report." That's coming out on Thursday. Um, it doesn't sound that great for Clark, so he might be gone. Um, but uh, now the Lions, don't they have Adrian 
Peterson yeah. now. So, yeah. I mean, there's uh, whatever he's got left in he the He always seems to play well against the Packers for whatever that's worth. So, if, if you know, you're without the, the, the big foundation of your interior line, if Clark can't go, we'll see about that. Pass rush is still good. Um, I didn't really get anything of of the inside backers with Kirksey. I saw on <laughs> I saw on Twitter, Pro Football Focus rated the highest guy on the Packers defense as an undrafted rookie free agent inside linebacker playing next to Kirksey Chris Barnes, who got the start over Oren Burks or anybody else that was on the roster, and he was apparently their high, highest graded out player. Hmm. I don't know what that means. But for a defense that didn't really stop anything, really, um, I, I just, I, again, that the the ignoring of those inside linebacker positions continues. It's like that and wide receiver. Like, like that, that's the one position on each end of the ball that they just don't want to address in earnest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, whatever that means. Secondary, Alexander made some plays. Mm-hmm. Kevin King made some tackles. Um, saw, saw the safety Savage get burned once, but other than that, I mean, it's, you know what, you, you get a road win right now against Minnesota, figure it out later. It's week one. Happy. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yep. So what is your overreaction? Uh, my overreaction to this game in week one is that, uh, the NFC North is over. Backers are the champions of the NFC North. Um, just like that. They are clearly better than Minnesota. And the Bears just beat the Lions, and I think the Packers are going to beat the shit out of the Lions on Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah, the NFC North, I mean, I the Packers maybe lose one game in the division. I think they went undefeated in it last year. Maybe yes. they lose one this year. Did you and I both pick Minnesota to win the division? We did, okay. yep. All right, um, so we're off to a good start. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, I think that's a big miss. I, I, wasn't, I guess I didn't realize as much how bad that secondary was going to be. Um, and it's, then with it's particularly uh, a corner. Well, yeah. and then with was that Hunter went down on right. IR. I mean that obviously is affecting the pass rush, which yep. then affects oh, the for secondary. Sure. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's Minnesota. Whenever they play a team with a good quarterback, they're going to be in for a long game. Well, and again, again, it gets to Detroit this week. They had secondary problems with the Vikings. Well, Detroit. what's your overreaction? I, I, you know me. I don't like to overreact. Yeah, but that's why I put it in there. I know. It's week one. It's just like it's stupid. I, I, you can't say that the North is over after one game because if Aaron Rodgers got hurt next week, it's not over. Then, then I so, guess I guess that would be my overreaction is that the Packers are going to sweep again. They're going to go six and zero. Yeah, like if they already beat Minnesota at Minnesota and they're supposed to win the division, I, I don't know. Who's, and really, who's gonna beat them. that game was not as close as the score. Oh, for sure. Yeah, not. I mean, the Packers kicked their ass. They should have won by three touchdowns. Yeah. That's I mean, what, what I think. What, what was the time of possession for Minnesota? It was like eight, 16, 18 minutes, something like that? Yeah, it was the lowest that Elias Sports Bureau started tracking since 1977 in a regular season game. So, yeah. That's it, so, significant. So, in other words, that is an ass-kicking. Yes. So, yeah, after seeing that this week, you know, I and I'm not even looking big picture in the NFC. I'm just looking at the four teams in that division. It's right. like, yeah, the Packers are clearly the best team. Mm-hmm. So. You're, uh, we'll we'll get to the scores. You are off and running on your San Francisco prediction. We'll get to that. Um, switch to the Bears. Did you? I mean, did you get to watch anything outside of the last last quarter? Or anything I, I like saw that? about. I, I pretty much only saw the Bears' last score, and then I saw the Lions give the game away with the kid that dropped a touchdown in oh the end zone. Oh my god! Um, 
But, you know, I was following along. Right. I was at my parents. They don't have an NFL ticket, red zone, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I had to watch the Packer game. I got home to see the end of the Bear game. But I was following along and watching the disaster that is Mitch Trubisky for three quarters when the Bears had not scored a touchdown in three quarters against the Lions. And three touchdowns from him in one quarter. Yeah, they, they dropped 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, all of a sudden, he just turns into, you know, Peyton Manning and just starts zipping it around the field, <laughs> dropping dimes. Um, it's, it's, you know, we were taught, we were laughing before, like, God, man, can you imagine being a Lions fan? Like, they just find ways to lose. They blew, like, seven games last year. They blow this one this year. Um, they got to go to Green Bay next week. They're going to be 0-2. Their season is essentially done. Um, I, I feel bad for them. I mean, it's not their fault. They're, you know, you're. The, I mean, most Lions fans are. They're just born into it. It's not. It's not their fault. At what know? point do you start to feel bad for a franchise? Like there are there are tough luck franchises, and there are franchises that just do colossally stupid things. Like I didn't feel bad for the Raiders for a while when Al Davis was making stupid picks. I. That's not. That's not. Well, like I never and and. This is this goes back to before the Brewers were a National League team when I was a kid. I never felt bad for the Cubs because it's Chicago. You have like you're the third biggest market in the country. You have the Wrigley's freaking own the franchise, and you've had super rich people own that team, and you just couldn't win. I never felt bad for that. I would feel bad for like Cleveland. You know, your team leaves the next year. They go and they win a Super Bowl in Baltimore, and they've been good for the last twenty years. Right. You get a team back, and you're you just can't figure it out. Can't put it together. Like I feel bad for those right. fans. Um, I feel bad for Lion fans. Um, I feel bad for all three Jaguar fans. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not their fault. They right. can't help it. They're born there. That's their team. Especially like if you're you know if you're a kid born in nineteen ninety one, and you're living in Jacksonville. And they come in the league in ninety what five or six like that's your team forever right like you're there for the inception and look at them they've had like two good teams in their history or they got lucky and made a uh, conference championship AFC game championship and got beat yep that's it that's rough man <laughs> but you know I the, get back to the Bears game it's I, it's the worst thing that could happen to them. <laughs> Some it's, false it's, confidence. It's it just it it's it it keeps the Trubisky truthers uh, well alive and yeah. well to see he's got this fourth quarter magic. He can make all the throws when the pressure's on. You can't constantly count oh, on that dude, or do you, that. You can't. You can't. Hell but no. It doesn't you can't. work. And that's one of those things where it's like if if they lose that game twenty three to thirteen. They score one touchdown in the fourth. They could be twenty three to thirteen, and then they play the Giants next week at home. And let's say they score seventeen. That's just not going to get it done. Like that's where they're going to have to look at it and be like, okay, we got to get more offense here because this isn't the eighties anymore. You can't win. You can't right. just keep winning seventeen to fourteen every can't week. Count it's on impossible. Your defense. No, and, yeah. it's too much variable with the passing game now and the way the, the league works. But now, they got to win. They scored some points. And your last memory of him, if you're the coaching staff, was this miraculous fourth-quarter comeback. Obviously, he's Ryan Pace's boy. They want him to succeed. As a Bear fan, I should want him to succeed. But I'm, I'm just so wounded. I was just going to say. I'm just say, so like, is I, it- the abuse over the years has just worn me down. <laughs> 
where it's like I can't accept that this is right. going to work. Is it weird to just be horrified that your yeah. team won? It's 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 you know? crazy like, to sit there and actually right. be like, I don't want them to win. Look at God. Damn it! This is the worst thing again. Well, you won. Yeah, but it goes like I every I'm, game they win is one more Trubisky game. That's the way it works. If he had a four game leash, he would have to lose the next three now to be pulled. He would have to be one and three to be pulled. He's not going to get pulled at two and two. And then certainly, okay. if they have a winning record, he's not getting pulled. He would have to lose the next three now and play really bad. So now we're already into week five. So it's just it it stretches it out where you know even if the Bears somehow can have a nice season and go ten and six and make a playoffs they're not making the Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky they're not winning a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky we went through this with Grossman <laughs> it's really kind of similar I mean Grossman wasn't as high a pick but it was like his record was good. Yes. You know, they kept winning games and he would have three interception games, but like they'd have a hundred and nine yard fucking field goal return. You know, they'd kick a guy'd kick a sixty yard at the end of the half, the Bears would catch it and run it in. Like they were doing that shit back then. Where it's like, Oh yeah, Grossman, he got us to the Super Bowl. It's like, no, he's bad. He's bad. Quarterback wins. Quarterback wins. That stat people seem to see. He won the game. So it's okay. Like, yes. Do, like, do the coach, does the coaching staff and the and the and the and the management now go in and they say, "Well, we're one to know everything's fine." I was watching the Charger Bengal game. I'm sorry. And like Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for the Chargers, and it's like, why? He's so below average. I'm not going to say he's bad. He's below average. He's a career backup. You drafted this dude number six. Your team ain't going nowhere. You're not winning anything with Tyrod Taylor. Just play the kid. Do you want to destroy him right out of the well, gate? Well, it's not though? like their team is. It's not like it's the 1990 Colts with Jeff George where he's getting sacked 12 times a game. Like, Tyrod Taylor just doesn't have the quarterbacking skills to score. Right. Like, every time you go out there with him, you're going to be in the teens. At least give this kid an opportunity to go out and, and play. I mean, it might give your team a little bit of a jolt, but especially with everybody on these rookie deals now, just play them. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, that, that was my Bears rant for So your overreaction the to the win is everything. My overreaction to the win is that everything's fine. <laughs> See, we told you. He, he, wow. He's he got the magic. Yeah, that, that would be mine. Magic Mitch. You, you, you go into the locker room like, all right, one and oh, awesome. Well, everybody, like, to me, if you're the players, yeah, you celebrate, but then don't you, like, sit back in your locker and you look around like, the hell was that? Allen Robinson sitting in his locker looking around going, how am I supposed to catch it with my feet? Get me out of here. Pay me or get me out. Apparently that is the whole thing. So the Giants did not look great. No. Saquon Barkley. Shut down. Uh, uh, yeah, running the ball. Um, I saw him catch a couple, and he was dynamic once he, he, you know, he got out into open spaces, hurtling guys left and right and doing stuff. But Steeler defense shut him down. Um you're rushing, so now this week versus the Giants, I home opener for you guys too. Is everything fine after this game? I think it will be. I don't think the Giants are very good. Um, but with that being said, with a guy like Barkley, you never know. He could have one of those games where they just can't tackle him. Okay, so now you're two and zero after this week. <laughs> 
look at it. <laughs> I'm two and zero, and I'm so sad. I know the shoulders just hunch. You like, just oh, lower God. your head. Come on, it's like you, you can't be excited to actually be two and zero. Like you just want tankopotamus. Let's get this guy out of here and let's do something to move forward. Because uh, you're right. To be I honest, just, yeah. you can't move forward if you're going to stick with this guy. Because don't you already know what he is? Yeah, and I feel like they're spinning their wheels and what. What the the most scary part for me as as the Bears fan, and I think most Bears fans would feel this way, is that they do go ten and six and they do make the playoffs and then they give him a contract. Oh that's Ooh. that's the worst case scenario. I mean, please, from my perspective. So well, but it would be terrible just in not only because you're be hitching your wagon to him for the next couple of years, but like you're paying Foles a decent amount of money the next couple of years, too. Yep. So that's kind of why you traded him. I mean, yeah, he was insurance, but he was also kind of there for next year when you figure that Mitch isn't going to be. But right. All right, so that's Packers and Bears talk. Uh, week one results, Kansas City and the Thursday night game. A little weird to see a smattering of people. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the big thing that came out of that game, two things. Um. Quarterback is still good, Mahomes, mm. and Andy Reed, Andy Reid's face shield fogging up. <laughs> yeah, that's that was Edwards Alaire was really impressive. Oh, yes, he too. was. Yes, he, well, he he's was. little man. I didn't realize how small a guy tiny, he is. Very tiny. See if he can hold up for an entire season. But he he had a really nice nice opener. But yeah, dude, Mahomes is Mahomes is on another level. Yep. That that offense, I think, is going to score thirty plus. Weekly, it's going to be impressive. It's going to be happens. really tough to stop that team. Seahawks a road win. There you go again. Um, like we talked about, they travel across the country, but they beat Atlanta. Atlanta's just not good. And, Their defense is brutal, and Seattle is good. Um, so that's a ten point win for the Bills or the Jets. Do you I want, didn't do you want even, to go back to Seattle. You know, just for a second, right. I didn't even know until pregame that Greg Olson was on Seattle. I didn't know he was still in the league. Yeah. Came out. Of, he went into the booth and pulled a Witten, and he's back now. He's playing again. Well, if him he can his, play, that's him his another guy. Thirty-three concussions for them. Is, oh, is that how many he's had? That's a lot. Uh, Greenberg said that Adam Gase couldn't coach a fifth-grade football team. Yeah, a lot of people don't aren't big Adam Gase. I don't pay any attention to the Jets. No, I don't either. What the, why the hell would I? And I don't pay attention to Adam Gase except for his news conference when he like went all bug-eyed <laughs> and I mean that that's now well, a great it's, meme. It's, but it's what you know it it. When everybody wants to talk about systemic this, systemic that in society, and even when they talk about it in sports, like that is some systemic shit (laughs) with Adam Gase because the system that he ran with Peyton Manning is what has got him two head coaching jobs, one in Miami and one in the Jets. That dude should not be a head coach. He pretty much everybody that has played for him has terrible things to say about him. Um He's he he reminds me of that Todd Haley dude a couple of years ago mm-hmm. that I think he was with the Cardinals and then he was with Pittsburgh. He just couldn't get along with anybody because he thought he was the smartest guy in the room all the time. Um, you just I think if you're the Jets man, you got to move on from that guy. I mean, you like Greenberg said, their best wide receiver was catching passes for the Seahawks and their or, or the, was the Bills. The, for the Bills and their best uh, safety was tackling people for the Seahawks. <laughs> he's like, so you know, great. Tom. I think that Bills team. Even though the Jets suck, I think that Bills team is going to be pretty good. Well, that's going to be interesting to see how they stack up against the Patriots because, um, again, it's just the Dolphins take away what you want, but, you know, there's a road win as well. I mean, I think they – was that a road win? Was that in Miami? 
I think no, maybe, no, no. I think that was in New England. Okay. I think. Um, I can't remember. But I mean, they ten point win. Cam Newton scored. However long he can stay healthy, I I don't know. It's weird to not see Brady. It was weird to see Newton, but I don't think it's going to work. Okay. I, I just think that Miami's bad for sure. Um, you know, they're playing. I just think the way that they're going to have to play with Cam, I don't think is conducive to winning a lot of games because he doesn't have anybody around him. Right. You know, I mean, James White and Sony Michelle are okay. Yeah, but, you, but they're not bell cows. Right. Edelman's 34. They've got some young wide receivers, but they're unproven. We don't know. So I think if you're going to design a, an offense around a lot of quarterback sneaks and stuff, I mean, Cam's had a lot of injuries too. Do you? How much do you really want him running the ball? Probably not at all. Um, one of the upsets of the week. Crazy game. Uh, Eagles lose to the Washington football team. Up 17 nothing. How does that happen? I mean, I, I, I didn't, obviously didn't watch much of these games outside of the well, Packers. I know, so. I know Philly, once again, is a mash unit. Like, just everybody on their team is hurt. Um, but, you know, and I've always kind of been a Carson Wentz guy. I think he's really talented. But, you know what, man? Sometimes, and we talked about it with, with Giannis, like sometimes as a star, you just got to win games. Like you can't lose to the Redskins. No. Especially when you're up 17 to nothing in the first half. Like that's inexcusable. You got to just win the game. So um, Washington got a chance to be 2-0. and Who do they play They now? got the Cardinals coming up. So well, we'll see. See how the Cardinals uh, do after this week. Um, Vegas, the Raiders go to Carolina. No, I didn't see a They win, didn't see anything on no. that. That's and here's another surprising one. Jacksonville over Indianapolis. That was a that this a is a horrible. Colts team that I thought would maybe sneak into the playoffs. Well, Marlon Mack got hurt. Hurt his Achilles, he's done. Jonathan Taylor has been named the starting running back, former Badger. Yep, so that's a big deal because Marlon Mack is a good he's a good good back. Um, and that puts a lot of pressure on Taylor and Naheem Hines now. Taylor was tied for the team lead in reception. Yeah, I saw for that, that. Game. Yeah, he he had six. But Phil Rivers was bad. Um, I think he might be washed. They paid him a shitload of money to for what one to, year, right? Yeah, to yeah. find that out. But Colts are in trouble. That was a really bad loss. Oh well, yeah, for Jacksonville for sure. Um, no real big surprise here is that the Ravens steamroll the the Browns, and then Cowherd apparently went off about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I just don't understand he, the Browns. He, he kind of picks his guys, and Mayfield's been one of his guys that he doesn't. He, he's he, got a bone to pick with him, he, but he, he stays after him. You know, and I didn't watch any of that game, so I don't know. But I, I looked at like Odell Beckham had ten targets. He had three catches for twenty-two yards. Is that on Baker Mayfield, or is that a little bit on the receiver too? Because I keep everybody on the media keeps telling me how great Odell is. Where? I mean, he played with Eli Manning at the tail end of his career, but Eli still was pretty good for the first couple of years he was there. Um, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's the worst guy in the world. I don't think I don't know that he's going to take you to the promised land, but he's not a complete, you know, piece of crap. I haven't looked at his entire body of work, so I don't know what his his stats are. It could it be that Odell Beckham basically gets off on his reputation of the couple of highlight I real so. plays that he makes. Yeah. And that's how he is what he is. Well, he's with. one of those guys that you, you see all the attributes. You see the size, the speed, the athleticism, you know, the one-handed catches, all that stuff. But is he catching 110 balls a year? No, he's not. 
So you know, I don't know. Is he a great route runner? Is he is he physical enough? Is, can he get separation? I don't know enough about all that stuff. No, but me neither. It but just it, seems to me whenever you know, and I'm just looking at it from like a fantasy perspective. He's not putting up any numbers. So, but right. I don't watch the Browns. No, I, I feel bad for their fans, but I ain't watching your shit team. <laughs> I got my own shit team to watch. <laughs> You mentioned the uh, the Chargers and the Bengals. Joe Burrow, what did he say? He gave himself a D minus for that performance or something like that. But that's just did, did you be... did you see the end of that game? No, the Cincy kicker had like a thirty yarder to tie it to send it in overtime, and he blew his uh, blew his calf out. Oh my! <laughs> or at least he at least he grabbed it. I mean, but yeah, he shanked shanked that's, the shit out of it. Seems like a Bengals thing. Totally. To do. Uh, Saints beat the Buccaneers. I watched a little bit of that game. With uh, with Tom Brady, but I mean, you know, you got a couple of got a couple of old guys on Tampa now, and it's like everybody picked them. Whereas like New Orleans has been this this polished team for quite a while, and they're like, yeah, we're not going anywhere. You still got to go through us. Gronk didn't do anything. Um, I watched the first half. Brady had uh, two really bad throws. One was a pick six that were clearly just bad throws, um, but. Mike Evans had been nursing a hammy all week. He barely practiced. You could tell um, Fournette just got there. So, you know, give these guys a couple of weeks. I think they're still going to be a good team. Um, You know, how Brady plays remains to be seen. I mean, I think he threw more bombs yesterday than he probably threw in the last five years in New England. That's kind of the way Arians wants to air it out. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. You know, if he can get Evans and Godwin and those guys healthy. but Something from that game, which we talked about last year on how everything lined up for the Packers as far as their opponents were concerned. So keep this in mind just for the first three games for Green Bay. You've got now Detroit secondary is completely banged up and their top guy, their top corner, whatever, just went on IR. So now they're facing another potential Viking scenario where the secondary is bad. Michael Thomas apparently has an ankle injury that looks really bad, and yeah. now he might be out for the next week when the Packers have to play them. Ooh, that's big. So that could be, again, one of those things that just sets up well for Green Bay. I don't yeah, know. that's cool. That's how, a good point. How, how, how much that, that could... This is the biggest shocker of the whole weekend, is that the Cardinals go to San Francisco and beat the 49ers, and that you're, you're kind of... Uh, you're 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 yeah, you're I, on it with that one. I think uh, I said last week. I don't think the 49ers no. make the playoffs. Well, Notre Dame. Is, I uh, think no their one. offense is very remedial with with Garoppolo at quarterback. I mean, you know, they scored twenty points. One of their touchdowns was like a seventy-five yard, you know, just little slant pass to Mostert where he outran everybody. Um, I'm just not a Garoppolo believer, and I I don't. It's it's hard for a defense to dominate the way they did last year two years in a row. It's just really hard to do. Mm-hmm. They got rid of a couple guys, you know, you have some injuries or whatnot. I just I just don't see it. I really was impressed with Arizona. I like that team. Um well you said that that they got they got some guys and now yeah, they got a dude offensive minded. I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think they're gonna be in the mix. Uh Kyler Murray's good. Um he's just one of those guys. He's he's kind of a poor man's Russell Wilson, honestly. Um, he just makes plays. DeAndre Hopkins is a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got decent running backs, and uh, you know they got a good defense. So I liked what I saw. I watched a pretty good amount of that game in the afternoon when I got home, and uh, I was pretty impressed. Okay. 
Uh, the Mike McCarthy's lose to the LA Rams. I was a little bit. Surprised. Did, did you watch much of that game? A little bit. Yeah, I watched a little bit too. Not much. Um, I didn't. I didn't really take anything away. Um, Pretty I, uninspiring effort from Dak. That's the word that I would have used. Mm-hmm. It's just not okay. But this is a guy that's wanting forty million dollars a year. We got to do more than that. <laughs> you got to do more than that. And and you know. I believe Amari Cooper was a little bit banged up, but I mean, C.D. Lamb was Cowboys' best receiver. Um, you know, Elliott gets his ninety to one hundred and ten yards like he always does. He caught a couple of balls, but um, I mean, that was a tough. That's a tough one on opening night to go out to L.A. and play that game. I mean, it's a little easier with the no fan thing, but um, I don't think they hired Mike McCarthy. And paid all that money to Dak Prescott to score seventeen points to lose to the Rams. Well, just, just to score seventeen points. I mean, that's that's not enough. Doubleheader on Monday night. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Steelers and Giants. Saw some Saquon things. Saw Roethlisberger scramble, throw a touchdown. The main thing that I took away from that is really the best team to call football, pros or college, is Herb Street and Fowler. Did uh, did Herb Street cry at all? Or stop it. They were they were so solid that I just I just really enjoy their game. There's no sideshow bullshit. There's nobody up in a crane on the sideline. You know, there's just no gimmicky stuff. It's just two guys who know football and can explain it to you very easily if you don't know a lot of in, in intricacies. And they keep you interested in a game that you might not otherwise have anything invested in. And that's why that's what I look for in announcers like. Make me interested, and they made me interested. That's that's the only that's one of the only reasons I watched probably as much of the game as I did. Yeah, once I heard John Connor was hurt, I didn't even turn it on. So I just watched the Brewers, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I was in bed for the late game. All, all I know is that uh, Gost- Gostowski missed what four, four kicks yeah. and then nailed the last one. Yep. So I don't know anything about what happened between. Yeah, I mean, typical Tennessee ugly smash mouth. You know, is it? Yeah. All right. Okay, week two, Thursday night. Here we go. Jesus. We go from Chiefs and Texans right into the fucking shit, shit fecta. <laughs> Bengals and Browns. What? Hey. How low are the ratings going to be for this? Well, let me think. Today is what? Tuesday? So you'll have game two of the Eastern Conference Finals and probably game one of the Western Conference Finals. So you might be going up against Lakers Clippers that night. Good luck. That'll be fun. And, but it's still, they'll still. I mean, they'll still beat the NBA in their ratings. It's still but, football, so I'm yeah. probably still going to watch. But I have no interest. Uh, Atlanta and Dallas. Dallas should rebound. Well, I mean, somebody's should. going. Somebody's going zero and two that right. had playoff aspirations well, in that game. I think that's the Falcons. I just don't think they're very good. I would agree. Uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee should be two and zero after that. That might be, you know, a little shaky two and zero, but. Um, Minnesota at Indianapolis. That's another. A, that's a must-win game for both teams yes, already in Week Two. Yes, it is. Especially if Tennessee takes care of business at Jacksonville, you don't want to fall two games behind them already if no. you're Indy. Uh, Buffalo and Miami. Bills have a chance to go two and zero. Miami season is probably done already. If, I mean, what's I mean, the if, deal if with Tua? Done. Is he hurt or, or? I think he's banged up a little bit. I okay. thought I saw John Barry, the lifelong yes. Dolphins. Fan, I guess we should ask him. But... Say something about. Uh, say something about the Tua wasn't. Wasn't ready. Um, how about this? The Niners at a, with a must win at the Jets. Oh, my God. I mean, did you want to talk unwatchable? That is going to be a horrific game. <laughs> uh, the Rams go to Philly. A lot yeah. of pressure on Philly. Philly. For sure. 
lot of pressure on Philly. Uh, Denver goes to Pittsburgh. Steelers have a chance to be two and zero. That defense probably is, will be. That defense is tough. I don't I, know. I don't know how severe Connor's injury is. It was an ankle thing. They didn't bring him back. Sounds like he's, they're hopeful he'll play next week. But man, if Roethlisberger is solid, back to himself, he's just just be a solid quarterback for them, and they can run the ball and play defense. I mean, they're kind of they're like the Bears when they're at their best. That's what they do. Do you have a player? for Chicago that you really wanted that they passed up on that they could have had and then turned into somebody that has they don't even have to torment your team you just see him in box scores and game stories and whatever and you're you're always like could have had him <clears throat> could have had him could have had him could have uh, uh, yeah his name is Pat Mahomes <laughs> okay so it's been a couple of years on that T.J. Watt I'm always going to associate with Ted Thompson passing on because well, I saw some one NFL pundit yesterday said T.J. Watt's already better than J.J. Watt. Who did they take instead that year? Do you remember? Kevin King. Oh, okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. But T.J. Watt had another the second, The second number one corner on the Packers, Kevin King. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, let's see. Panthers at the Buccaneers. Yeah. Right. Brady needs to win that one. Yeah, that's that could be a get right game for Tampa. Try to try it's, to get on the same page. It's so weird. There's already so many must wins and pressure situations in week two. Well, week one's always a little goofy every year, but you just you just don't see a lot of teams go zero and two and make the playoffs. I mean, the numbers on it over the years are just really low. So, yeah, you get a couple of these zero and one teams that you thought were going to be pretty good. I mean, like that Miami. Indianapolis game is massive, massive game. Um, one of those two teams is going to go on two. I think Minnesota had aspirations of going to the Super Bowl. I think Indianapolis had aspirations of winning their division. So for one of those teams to be behind the eight ball early, that's a big deal. Same thing with Dallas, man. Right. You hire oh, yeah. McCarthy, everybody. You pay Dak, you know, what you think is enough. Yeah, you can't be starting on two either. Uh, skins. I'm just gonna call them the Reds. I'm not gonna say Washington football team. Uh, they're at the Cardinals. Cardinals have a chance. Somebody, but one of them's going two and zero. Right, right. That's and that's a surprising two and zero for both teams. I feel like, um, may, maybe not for Arizona I, for for some people. I think Arizona is gonna win that game. Um, that division, man, that's a hell of a division out west. Some good oh, teams. For sure. Kansas City goes to the Chargers. I think that should be a win for, I mean, you've got Mahomes against Tyrod Taylor. I, so. I think the only game that I wouldn't necessarily pick KC to win is the when they play Baltimore. For sure. Yep. I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, Ravens go to the Texans. Another must win for Houston. I mean, that whole division could be 0-2 except for Jacksonville. Or no, Jacksonville would be 1-1 and and Tennessee could be 2-0. and But Houston and, and Indy. Yeah, Houston Yeesh. can't get down, but Baltimore. I mean, that's that'd be a big two and zero. That that that'd be a good road win. Well, for them. and it's two teams that just gave a shitload of money to a quarterback right. that they thought's you know supposed to be their guy here. Yeah. Um. Let's see. New England on Sunday Night Football at a good game. the Seahawks. That that should be wildly entertaining. Um. And then the Saints at uh, I, I'm. The only reason I would watch any of the Monday Night Football game, one, but just because of football, I want to see what the new Raiders stadium looks like in Vegas. It's too bad it's going to be empty, man. I know. I bet Vegas had been looking forward to this. 
For sure. It's going to be a big sure. deal. Monday Night Football big unveiling. Yeah. That'd be awesome, and now you have nobody there. Mm-mm. So that is, uh, that's a lot of NFL talk for week one, but it, eh. I'm, I'm just so glad that it's back. I yeah, really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy really it's am. back. Gives me something to be. You're yeah, but you were kind of a downer about bad football on Sunday. You oh. were you were texting me. It's like I just can't watch bad football. Oh man, like parts of that Packer Viking game, I was just like, "Where's the screwdriver to jam in my eye?" <laughs> See, <laughs> this is I, so bad. I, you're, like it's already week one, and you're like, "Yeah, football's back." Oh, this is well. So part bad. of the problem was is that I I had to watch that game. It was the only football right. game on. I couldn't turn CBS, no, CBS didn't have didn't anything have on. I didn't have the red zone, so I was frustrated. The Brewers were getting no hit again. <laughs> yeah, not a great Sunday. All right, let's uh, let's switch to the Brewers. They are fourth in the Central. It's it was a. Oh. I couldn't do the math because I'm not good at these things, but it's you win the doubleheader game two and your percentage points ahead of St. Louis for second in the division. You lose. You bump all the way down to fourth place. Yeah, that sucks, yeah. especially when it goes to extra innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should have lost the first game. Yeah, because they put up a run in the ninth, and then they and then they had to or, uh, uh, the sixth or the seventh. seventh yeah. yeah, and then they had to and then they had to win it with late theatrics. So I, I don't know. Um, they're just you can go. I'm while well, they're. They're fourth in the Central. They're tenth in the NL, and eight make the playoffs. And they're a game and a half out of the eight seed right now. Um, since we last were on one and two against the Cubs, uh, including being completely embarrassed and no hit on Sunday by a no-name journeyman, soft-tossing, bespectacled <laughs> Cubs pitcher. Uh huh. And they also gave up twelve runs. Council also got kicked out. Eric Sogard also let Javi Baez walk home from third base uh, on a yep. on a just a stupid play that a guy that's been in the league that long should know better. Uh, but the 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 killer was Saturday night. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh my God! How about a gut punch? Hadn't given up a run in twenty six innings, I think, at the time. Watch that whole thing unfold, and I just sat back and just went. What? Yep. And Hayter comes in and he gives up uh, a bomb to Hayward, a three-run homer, and then he gives up another homer uh, after that. That was a tough one to swallow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're the, you know the, it was one that I, I didn't get mad about because it's like twenty-six straight innings of shutout baseball. Eventually, you're going to give up a run or two. Yeah, but but you... it just sucked the way it happened Correct. and when it happened and and the fact that it was Hayter. Um, yeah, that was that was a tough one to swallow. And you had bronze theatrics in the in the in the first game of the double header, but like, and even in the Cubs, he had he had he had a couple of hits in the whole series. Then they rest him, and then their offense gets no hit. So it's like I've been somebody, saying this for the, uh, the entire got to do something. The entire time we've been doing this podcast, when Ryan Braun is in the lineup, Cubs. no, but when he's just in the lineup, mm-hmm. the lineup is better. Everybody around him is better. When he's not in the lineup, it shows. And I mean, he had until uh, yesterday, until Jerko hit a homer yesterday in the late game, he had driven in like the last, the runs for like the last three games that they had scored. So And they didn't even score that many runs. No. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been frustrating. I mean, they scored three runs in the entire 
Cubs series. And lost two out of three. Lost two out of three. Split the doubleheader yesterday with the Cardinals, like you said. I mean, and that's that's about what you expect. Probably. I mean, them and the Cardinals are pretty even. Um, but what did I see? They have to play each other ten times out of the last 16 games. Yeah. They're going to get real familiar with St. Louis. But yesterday even, you know. So, in the first game, you pitch both Williams and Hayter. Because I'm thinking you must think to yourself, we absolutely have to win this game. Got to get one of them. At we, least. we we can't leave the second yep. game. We we got to throw everything but the kitchen sink at him in game one and, and pitch our two best relievers. And luckily, you won. Yes. Luckily, luckily you won. you won. So then you get to game two, and you get into the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and you got nobody left. You're throwing all these rookies and journeymen's, and eventually somebody's going to throw a bad pitch, That's and right. it's going to bite in the ass. Where... Use Williams or Hayter in game one and save the other one for game two. It reminds me of... I was a little surprised Hayter even pitched, really? honestly. From af- from, from a- after, after what Saturday. happened on Saturday. It's like... I guess I would compare that situation to the sectional day of baseball for high school, where you have four teams and you just got to get to the second game. And coaches always tell you you're prepared to start your ace for that first game just so you can get to the second oh, game. Oh, for sure. You just got to get to that one. But then, like, there's that other side of the coin, which you're talking about was, okay, but how much are we going to burn up to get to that one, which we're likely going to play a better team, which that's the only difference in this one is you're playing the same team. So it's not Well, like and you're, you're not going home. Well, right. You're not going home if you lose. Right. If you lose game one, if you throw a hater and you lose game one, you're not going home. You can still have this guy in your back pocket they chose not to do that and then they come up in the ninth and we'll get to Yelich but he strikes out again for the sixth time yesterday and eight at bats three each game with guys on second and third and one out and who's supposed to be coming up but the guy you would want up Ryan Braun oh no 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 we had to take him out put in Tyrone Taylor situational because you know he's better in the field But here's the thing, and I keep telling people this whenever I talk to them about the Brewers. They can't win when they don't score, and they struggle to score. So spare me with this Ryan Braun can't play in the ninth inning bullshit. He's the only guy on your team this year, other than like the two or three times Harris done it, that can come up with a clutch hit. Nobody else can do it. You've got the perfect scenario, and he's not there. You already used him. You know, and even my dad said, what the hell are they starting that one inning with Narvaez as the second baseman? In I, I don't know, I remember if it was the 7th, 8th, or ninth, but whatever inning they started. I go, well, he ran out of people. Right. The Cardinals, in a regular nine-inning game, he the, ran out of people. The Cardinals were supposed to send Molina out, and then they had to pinch run for him because you're not having Molina run at second on a potential base hit because he ain't going to go past third. Yeah. At some point, you got to stop over-managing and over-analyzing everything. Right, because you, you're killing yourself with it's. You're backing yourself into a corner. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah, you know, sooner or later you just can't do anything because you're 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 playing so many numbers in so many situations that you you can't do anything. But I don't know what the hell is going on with Yelich this year. His average just dipped below two hundred after last he, night. He, like we said, struck out six times yesterday. 
Um, right now, him and Hira are currently second and third in the National League in strikeouts. Oof. You can't score runs if your two best hitters don't put the bat on the ball. It's just math. Um, I, I've been... I've been disappointed with his effort, honestly. Like, there was a couple plays this weekend in the outfield where Baez hit one past Arcia at short, and he got a double out of it. It looked like it should have just been a routine single, and Yelich just kind of lollygagged after it, and Baez gets a double. I think that was on Sunday. And then last night, he had a ball hit to him in the outfield where with a play at the plate, and he just kind of... Lolly popped it in there, bounced four or five times to the catcher, and and I even had a couple people text me like, "What the hell was that?" So I, I you need a day off. I I don't I don't know if stop pressing. Maybe something's I mean, what, going on personally. Maybe he's pressing about signing that contract. Maybe he's regretting signing the contract. Do you need to get in the guy from the Natural talking about losing is a disease? <laughs> but Just some, try and snap him out. Something seems to be going on with him. And, I mean, Council even kind of came out and said it today. Like, he's played like shit. He's got to play better, period. Um, he's he's too good of a player. He's too good of a hitter to have these this amount of strikeouts. Like, I went and looked the other day on Baseball Reference. Prior to this year, he was striking out about once every four and a half at bats. Not too bad. This year, he's striking out about 1.28 at bats. That's two. terrible. Yeah. He's got like 60 strikeouts and 150 at bats. It's bad. So, and here is not much better. Um, my dad said, he goes, I don't know what they're going to do with Hira. He goes, he can't catch, he can't, can't throw, yep. he can't run, and he strikes out all the time. He goes, okay, he hits a home run every now and again. Big fucking deal. Who cares? Well, you just hope that the fielding can come around and that the consistency is there. But the, the strikeouts, it just seems like... Every now and again, the Brewers are just plagued by people who come. I mean, remember a couple of years where they had Jenkins, Jose Hernandez at short, and a couple other guys that all they did was whiff. Nobody could hit the ball, but they'd hit a couple of homers. Yeah, and they, and they were no good. It was, either, were no good. it was either a homer or a strikeout. That's all that it seemed to yeah. be. And, and and this season, I think you're you're allowed probably a lot of a lot of leashes for a lot of the players just because it's been so sure, weird. Sure. So that I mean you just hope that maybe if a lot, if some of these guys come back next year that this is an aberration you get, you know, your whole spring training to get dialed in, there's no pauses for yeah, certain series and you have some weird days off and and all that stuff, you have some fans and you just hope that this is this is just an anomaly. I I mean you have to think that Yelich can't keep doing this no he's too good of a player right. and, th- and that's where that's where my concern is i'm not pissed off because i think he sucks right i'm i'm more like what is going on with him he doesn't seem like he's all there i haven't seen him like as much as he struck out he ought to be like smashing his helmet and breaking bats and shit doesn't like seem i haven't like there seen is, no. nope. any kind of emotion from him at all good bad or indifferent he's just kind of stone-faced the whole season so um, you know, I had a buddy text me yesterday. We were watching, you know, texting back and forth during the game, and he's like, "One of these years, the Brewers need to go out and spend on pitching. This is ridiculous." And I'm like, "Pitching, honestly, been, their pitching's been okay. It's been okay. You know, Burns and Woodruff are good. Starting to come around very you know, much. Lindblom and and Hauser and um, Anderson, eh, they're they're all right. Yeah. 
They have their moments. The bullpen's very good. Sure, but Bill, bullpen's been getting it done. The problem is they can't score can't consistently. Score nope. You know they'll, they'll blow up for a game. Yep. But then you know you get two, three, one, something like that for for a couple games. It's why my, you know, my dad and I were talking. We last week we both kind of figured they needed to be at about thirty and thirty to make the playoffs. Right now they're four games under. So they're going to have to go nine and five the rest of the year. I just find it hard to believe that they're going to do that because they haven't had a streak like that all season. Well, not only that, but you've got the Cardinals for who are fighting also to get in three quarters of those games. Yes, and you've got the Reds again, who are who are fighting with you to get in. Cardinals, Reds, and Royals. Yeah. So this is going to be. We're going to see what these guys are made of, and if if somebody can step up. It's time to do it. You got one game tonight against St. Louis. You got another double dip on Wednesday. You got three against the Royals, and then I'm not sure what it is after that. But and but, I think it's Cardinals again, and then Reds. I think that's it. So and then then that's that's the season. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're at the end of September. Yeah, so, a week from wow. Sunday is the end of the regular season. So, so. all right, uh, enough baseball. Let's go to the NBA. We just got a couple of things to roll through. Um, let's start with that. That Bucks Giannis meeting. Let's start with the local stuff because there was a there was a story that came out uh, last night the, about that, and you heard over the weekend that Giannis had lunch, and the big deal was that he unfollowed a bunch of people on his Instagram, and then there were people that were quick to say, "Well, he did that last year, right?" So that does not necessarily mean anything pertaining to how this season ended or what his decision will be as far as. Signing a supermax, waiting, leaving, staying no. has nothing to do with that, that. That story was written by a 26 year old millennial blogger who lives his entire life on social media. That's who that was written by. <laughs> yeah, but it gets attention. Gets attention. It gets attention from other millennials. Well, it doesn't get attention from people like me who actually understand how sports work. <laughs> so then there was a lunch meeting with Giannis Lazry and Giannis's agent. Um, learned today it was three hours. They talked about this season. They talked about how much money they're going to commit to spend to getting him a supporting cast to try and get the Bucks a championship, and they're going to be right near that uh, luxury tax threshold coming up for next year. Um, and, I I mean, is, is that what you do with your superstar? You basically court him to try and say, listen, this is your team. We're committed to you. We want to help you build, you know, build this core, this nucleus. What are your thoughts? I, I, yeah. I mean, that, that's smart. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the way that it works with superstars in the NBA is even when you have them under contract, you're constantly courting them um, because in that league, players have the power to force their way out of somewhere. We have see, we saw it last year with Anthony Davis, and Giannis has – said he's not going to exercise that power, but he has the power if he wants to, um, to try to force his way out. And, you know, it, uh, Brian Windhorst had reported that um, it was a three-hour, like you said, it was a three-hour meeting, but it was not the meeting that everybody thinks that, you know, should be happening. This is an end-of-the-season meeting to just kind of talk about things, kind of where they're going forward. What Giannis, we would call an exit interview. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, Giannis is going to go on vacation. He usually goes back to Greece for a while and does some stuff there. Um, and then at some point in the off season, which we don't even really know what that is or when it starts or when it ends, um, they'll sit down and they'll figure some stuff out because they have to make some roster moves and some tough decisions are going to need to be made. And if the Bucks front office is smart, which they are, 
Giannis is going to be heavily involved in those decisions. Um, you know, if if it comes up, listen, we can trade Bledsoe and Middleton for Chris Paul. Are you in? If if we do that, are you in for the long haul? If we do that, are you going to be pissed off because they're your buddies? So those are the conversations that need to be had with really any star player in the NBA, but those are what the Bucks are going to have to have. Um, I know Giannis and Brooke Lopez are very close, and they've developed really good chemistry. They've had the best defense in basketball the last two years. He might not be the best fit next to Giannis. They may have to change up some of the things they do, and a guy like that might have to be included as with a Middleton in a bigger trade. Um, I, I think that everybody needs to take a little bit of a step back, though, with Giannis and the Bucks. I'm talking about Buck fans, and I kind of did it this week with with giving myself a little time to think about their season and everything that happened. Um, I don't think it's quite as disastrous and dire as it felt a week ago. Um, I really just don't think Giannis is going to leave. Um, it There's really nowhere immediately for him to go to team up with somebody um, that could work financially or trade-wise. I'm not sure that that's out there. I mean, one of the places that's been rumored is Dallas because Luca and him, both foreign guys, there's a connection, yada, yada, but... I don't see Dallas having the pieces or the financial ability to go get him. Um, obviously, the big markets, Miami and you know um, the Lakers and places like that, Golden State, they're always going to get floated around. But financially, it just doesn't really work. So I think Giannis is going to be a buck um, probably through his age 30, about another five years, I think. Um, but the Bucks are going to have to do something here in the short term to definitely make it worth his while to stay. And they talked about going to the luxury tax. I saw something today on ESPN. Like of the last 12 or 14 NBA champions, all but three of them have gone into the luxury tax. Um, one of them was the 14 Spurs when Tim Duncan was on his last leg and took a took like a Tom Brady discount deal. One was the 2015 Warriors where Steph Curry was on a bad contract as a rookie because he had bad ankles and he was there on a discount. And then the third one was 2017 when they got Durant. The only reason they got him is because the cap went through the roof. So every other instance in the last decade and a half has been teams that have spent money. They've gone above and beyond. That should tell you something about a blueprint then. They had the opportunity to do that last summer, and they let Malcolm Brogdon go. Um, If Malcolm Brogdon's a buck this year, do they beat Miami? I think they have a better chance. I don't know that that makes them the champions. Um, But Giannis needs another sidekick, and it sounds like they're willing to go get somebody, so that's good to hear. All right. Around the league, the Nuggets' big game with the Clippers tonight. That's the 8 o'clock game, I think. Mm -hmm. Surprised at that series at the three apiece? Shocked. Yeah. I mean, I was watching game five. The Clippers were up like 18 points in the third quarter and blew it. And then Sunday, I didn't watch because I was watching football, and they did the exact same thing. They were up almost 20 again, and they blew it. Uh, They have nobody on their roster that can guard Jokic. He's killing them. I thought Paul George and Kawhi Leonard would be enough for the Clippers, but there's been a lot of questions about Doc Rivers and some of his decision-making with some of his rotations. Um 
And that's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. He's kind of a McCarthy-esque. He's kind of McCarthy-like in basketball where, like, he won a title, but it's like he won it with Pierce Garnett and Ray Allen. And then he had another chance to win it, and they didn't. And then ever since then, he's just kind of had, like, good teams. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah, they had high expectations, but they always kind of choked. Right. And we're kind of seeing that now. I, I, if I was a betting man, I would bet the Clippers tonight. I just think based on talent and in a game, in a one-game scenario, Kawhi Leonard's the best guy, and you always want the best guy. For sure. But Denver seems to have figured something out. And Lou Williams, who was famous for leaving the bubble to get wings, has been thoroughly exposed defensively. <laughs> Every time that guy is in the game, Denver has just isolated him and gone at him. Old school, 90s basketball. You're going to put this guy on me? Fine. You four guys get the hell out of the way. Give me the ball. I'm going to score. And that's kind of what Denver's done, which has been cool to see. So uh, we'll see what happens with that one. LeBron and the Lakers are looming. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if – I think – I I don't see either of these teams beating the Lakers right now, the way L.A. has been playing. Okay. But you never know. And then we've got the is, Eastern Conference that's going on right now, I mean, game is, one. Is one of those teams gonna be is gonna be tired after this series? I don't think so with the with no travel. It's different. I think it's okay. different. Um but the Lakers have been playing really well and uh Anthony Davis has been playing really well, so they're they're feeling good about themselves. I mean the Rockets were a horrific or the Lakers were a horrific matchup for the Rockets. I mean, they just had no prayer. They couldn't guard LeBron and Anthony Davis at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to beat that team if you can't guard their two best guys. For sure. So, um, I don't know. It'll be a fun series either way, but I think whoever comes out of the West is winning the title. I don't think Boston or Miami have enough. Okay. Um, but we'll see. All it's right. been a crazy bubble with some of these some of these outcomes. I I never I would have never believed that the Eastern Conference Finals would not include either the Bucks or the right. Raptors. I mean, this is what the three and the five seed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, it's pretty rare. That's just a little It's weird. usually a top two seed somewhere in there in the NBA. Uh, update for Brewers and Cardinals. Christian Yelich and Ryan Braun have hit back-to-back home runs. Well, there you go. So, good. there's that. Good to see you. Imagine uh, what happens when Braun hits behind you. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end with uh, college football. And for, for everything that we were going to talk about, about being exciting, it doesn't sound like there's going to be much to talk about because I was just, uh, as I was heading out here, I, I saw a tweet from Pat Forty who covers college football. There was talk all weekend about the presidents and the chancellors of the Big Ten and the Return to Competition Committee, which is headed up by Badger uh, AD uh, Barry Alvarez, meeting and getting all this new information and then a revote by the presidents and chancellors. And it was, it was going to happen. They thought it was going to be Sunday. Then they thought it was going to be Monday. Now it's not going to happen. You had the Nebraska president uh, on a hot mic who didn't apparently know say they were going to have an announcement tonight and ready to go. You had tweets from the Ohio State football team and the Penn State football team, both with guys in their taped up, you know, pads, locker room, ready to go, whatever. Everybody says, this is what's happening. There's going to be a vote. We're all going to play. Pat Forty says, there's going to be no vote, and we don't have anything, any indication of what's happening tonight. Not so fast, my friend, as Lee, I mean, Lee Corso would serious. say. So I I said this last week. There was a guy, and he goes by Sir Yacht, 
and I don't know who he's connected with. I don't know who says eh. you and I talk about this all the time when we talk about sources. Is that you never name your sources. It's journalism 101 for protection for the person giving you information that they're probably not supposed to give you, but that's how stories get reported. The problem now is with everybody having some sort of a line to put out their opinion or information or whatever, all you need to do at the end of that is put according to source. And nobody can say anything. Because that person or people are protected. You don't know if they're real. You don't know if this person is throwing you a line of shit. And you don't know who this person is or who that they might know. Don't get me wrong. There are connections that are made. People have, you know. Of course. That's how the world works. Friends. You have, I mean, you and I both know somebody in the Brewers organization. Yeah. He would be a source who, sure. who would potentially give us something. But, he, but we would never ask him, and he wouldn't tell us anyway. Correct. Yeah. But, I mean, that's how the networking kind yes. of thing like that works. So I don't know who this guy is. He may have a source. He might not. But there was something about the re- the vote's already been taken. It's passed. It's unanimous. There's football. I just put on there, I don't believe this. I'm not going to believe anything until it happens. Right. You can say everything that you want. They're playing. There's new information. There's rapid testing, which Alvarez said on his radio show that it would be an absolute game changer. And it's like the Pac-12's getting all this stuff. They're aggressively trying to go mid-November, I think. The Big Ten's trying to go mid-October. But Alvarez says this rapid testing, that would really green light, help greenlight this thing. For all intents and purposes, all the information that has come out about a return to play for the Big Ten has all been positive. But we're not there yet. So I'm just waiting for something to happen. And I don't know who I'm going to believe. Dan Patrick came out and he said, this is going to happen. He was wrong about something that he said a couple of weeks ago. So like, you've got reputable people saying that they have sources and nothing happens. So I, I don't know why I'm getting excited. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm certainly not. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm in the same boat as you, like... Just tell me when the first game is. Right? That's kind of where I'm really, at. I don't really care about any of this other shit. Get it I, done. I just don't. Tell me after you've had the meeting and when the vote is. Don't yeah. tell me, well, we're excited. There's going to be a vote. There's new information. Whatever. Yeah. Tell, well, I'm tell dri- me well, like I was driving home from work, and they're like, oh, Badger Chancellor Rebecca Blank says. I'm like, I don't give a shit what she says. Are you playing or not playing? If she tells the person giving the interview, I'm going to vote yes. Right. I've got something. There's one vote. I know it, and it's the team that I like. Great. Let's hear from everybody else. I'm glad you're coming around on that that anonymous sources bullshit, well, though. It's it's not it's not it's journalism 101, but journalism 101 was written 100 years ago. The world has changed. It's it's now with with so much information circulating, and I'm not coming around, but it's just the problem where there's people trying to make a name for themselves. Well, like the, they're like, abusing that which was founded on good principles. Well, you know what I'm saying? After the Bucks lost, there was a report from an NBA executive that said Giannis is going to Miami. What? And it's like, okay, well, well, well executive of what? Like. Is he the head of the sales department? Give me a team. Does he sell advertising? At the very least. Is he on the training staff? Right. What the hell does that even mean? Mm-hmm. You know, is he the guy that books who who the concession stands are that year? Like, 
executive is quite broad. What does that mean? Well, and I guess I just don't get how these reputable people in in good positions who have been either beat reporters forever or have, you know, have nationally or regionally syndicated shows that they can come out and they can be so wrong with the people that they talk to. And look, I I understand. A lot of those guys, I'm not going to hold it against, like, Dan Patrick, um, 95% of the time is correct. His last two Big Ten yeah. things have been completely Well, and whoever wrong. he's getting his information is, from is either giving him bad info or the information is so fluid that you might as well not get it anyway because it's just constantly changing. But again, here we are in that you get information and you need to immediately report on it. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. You know, and Dan Patrick always laughs. He always says first and wrong is still first. You know, and that's that's what half the battle is with these reporters anymore. It's like I got to just get it out there. That's why I don't. That's that's uh, you know, and you're right. It's a conversation for another time. But that's one of the things that I really hate about the sports and or even just journalism, sports journalism, whatever you want to call it, is that there's such a rush to get information out. You don't bother to see whether it's right or not. Mm-hmm. And it, well, and you don't necessarily even care. No, because you're not. There's no accountability for being wrong. It's not like people are going to say to Dan Patrick, "Well, I'm not going to listen to your radio show anymore," and his ratings go in the tank or something, or no, or a writer where they're like, "Well, we're just not going to buy that paper anymore because this guy's in it." Like that just isn't going to happen. There's no accountability in the the news organizations. Ninety five percent of the time, just say, "Ah, freedom of the press." Too many people don't care about there well i'll just keep listening like to me right that's like dan patrick's a very reputable guy and you can't be coming out with that shit and and getting a lot of you know i'm not gonna say that it's it's people's responsibility to get their own hopes up but it's like okay well now you've piqued the interest for a lot of people and now it's dead wrong well you know well and if you're the kind of person that holds holds dan patrick accountable for repeating something that he heard then when he says something about something else, that's correct. You're like, well, is that true? Right, but that's that's so, where it starts. Like, well, you know, let and me... I'm a Dan Patrick fan. Oh, I, so I know you are. You know, I've I've enjoyed listening to him for decades. But um, yeah, sometimes sometimes shit changes. I get that. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there that, and like probably this guy you're referring to, this Sir Cat or whatever, Sir that, Yacht. Yeah, it's like. Who are you? Right. We're, we're, who are you? And as soon How as are I, you getting yes. this? As soon as I see it, I immediately go to his bio. I'm like, who are you? Where are you from? And where are you working? Right. If it's some dude in Louisiana, how the hell does he know what's going on in the Big Ten? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, he came out today and said, week one, Wisconsin at Ohio State, October 17th. Book it. And I'm like, no. Not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not booking it. No. I'm, I'm not, not going to clear my Saturday. No. <laughs> No, that's right. So I'm not, again, like like you said, let me know when the first game is. Yeah, man. Let me know if it passes. If it's it fails, the, then fine. I can just. It's, it's the attitude I took with basketball, with football, with baseball. There's and just I'm taking it with college, too. It's like, too, what do you want from yes, me, man? Yep. How much investment do I have to put into this? There's too much. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, I'm out. I'm in. Just, oh, I'm out. just tell me when the game starts. Yes. That's, that's all, really, that I would like. So we'll. There's apparently going to be no vote tonight. Maybe by the time we we, we drop this on, on Wednesday, there will be something. Um, I'm not counting on it, but at this point, who knows? So, all right, well, that was a, 
was a productive episode. Yeah, we got to get you home so you can go over to your neighbors and Billy Madison his porch. He called the shit poop. I just, I really think I'm putting that shovel and just heaving it towards that brand new garage shed just to leave a nice big brown spot right on the side of it. Mm, that's I'm not going to deface property. That's asking for trouble. I, I know, I'm not going to do it, but uh, it just grinds my gears. Yeah, is that going to be in Goldberg's gripes this week? It, yeah. No, because I already talked about that. No. I already talked about that in, in the past. I haven't done anything about it. And then now I mow the lawn, I saw it, and it just kind of brought everything bubbling to the surface again. So, Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. If you haven't done so, please subscribe. And as always, tell your friends. We are available wherever podcasts can be found. And uh, we will be back next week with more uh, ruminations. So we appreciate you listening. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Brewers. Go whoever plays the Bears.